Hello, and welcome to the Rockify Mama Baby and Toddler Sleep Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Gutierrez, owner and lead sleep consultant at Rockify Mama. I am so happy that you found me here. I hope that through this podcast, I can empower and educate you on all things baby and toddler sleep so that you can get your family sleeping. Let's get right into it. The number one thing that changed my child's sleep, and most importantly, my understanding of her sleep, was wake windows. Wait, Katie, what's a wake window? So a wake window is the amount of time that your child can stay awake in any one stretch. It's basically how long they can handle being awake. And that number will change as your child grows. Essentially, if you keep them awake longer than their wake window, longer than the amount of time that they can truly handle being awake, they're going to become overtired. And when they're overtired, they're going to be fussy. They're going to have trouble falling asleep, staying asleep. They might wake up more frequently. They might wake up earlier the next day. And on the flip side, if you put them to bed before their wake window, then they're not going to be tired enough. And that could also result in a short nap or shorter sleep cycles. And depending on your child, it could make it harder for them to fall asleep because they're not ready. So they might protest that sleep a little more. So how can you get your hands on this magical wake window guide? How do you know how long your child can handle being awake? I'm going to include it in the show notes, but I don't want to go over all the numbers in the podcast because if you're anything like me, Hearing a whole lot of numbers is only going to confuse you and you're just going to tune out. That's how I would be if I started hearing all the numbers. So once you get your wake window guide, you'll be able to look at it and see where your child falls. So what do you do with it? Once you know how long your child can handle being awake, what do you do? Well, let's go over a sample together. For the purpose of this example, let's say that you have an eight-month-old. An eight-month-old has a wake window of two and a half to three and a half hours. Now, don't worry, I'll get into the range of time, why there's a range of time in a minute. But two and a half to three and a half hours is how long your eight-month-old will be able to handle being awake in any one stretch of time. So let's say your eight-month-old wakes up at 7 a.m. If their wake windows are two and a half to three and a half hours, then two and a half hours after they wake up, it would be 9.30, and that's when they're taking their first nap. They're going to sleep so great. They'll wake up one and a half hours later. It's 11 a.m. Well, when's their next nap? What does the wake window mean? Well, if the wake window is two and a half to three and a half hours, then at two o'clock, which is three hours after they woke up from their nap, they're taking their second nap. And then when they wake up at 3.30, which would be an hour and a half later, then three and a half hours later, which is seven, they're going to bed for the night. So I know I might've lost some of you right now because... Just that was a lot of numbers, but that was just one example. So 
now you might understand why I didn't want to go through all of the wake windows. So two and a half to three and a half hours. Now, there are some variations to that. In the example I gave you, we did wake windows of two and a half, three, and three and a half. There are some children who might do better with just three, three, three. So they wake up at seven, three hours later at 10, they take a nap. When they wake up from that first nap, three hours later, they take their second nap. When they wake up from their second nap, three hours later, they go to bed. Now you might be wondering, why is there a range of numbers then? Well, as I'm sure you know by now, no two children are the same. Children are people. They're not robots. They're not programmed to just go to sleep right when their wake window begins. It just doesn't work that way. So having a range in times allows your child to have that flexibility. So how do you know then? How do you know? Does your Is your child on the early side of the wake window or the later side? Well, the goal is that when you lay your child down, they fall asleep within 10 minutes. So if they don't, if they are falling asleep in two minutes, or if they're falling asleep in 30 minutes, then we're not hitting their wake windows right. If they're laying there or they're crying, then they're either overtired or they're undertired. And this really just takes some experimentation on your part to figure out that magic number. Always start with the lower end of the range and work your way up. So in the two and a half to three and a half hour wake window sample we gave above, you're always gonna wanna start off at the lower end. So we'd always start off with two and a half hours and work our way up to see where your child really is. If your child falls asleep the second you put them down, like you set them down and you walk out of the room and boom, they're asleep, they're probably overtired and we want to shorten the amount of time that they're awake. If your child is cranky and fussy during the day, they're probably overtired. So you really need to tune into your child and figure out what that perfect number is. And you may be wondering, oh, okay, so why can't I just follow their sleepy cues? Can't I just do that? Wouldn't that be easier? And the answer is no. Now, if your child's a newborn, by all means, follow their lead. Tune into their sleepy cues. In the early months, that's really the only way to know if they're tired or if they're not tired. They'll be rubbing their eyes. They'll be yawning. Sometimes their eyelids will turn pink. But once your child is over four months old, sleepy cues are not reliable. They're not. Children, especially as they grow older and they become toddlers, they are terrible judges of tiredness. There was a study done, and I will link it in the show notes, where they took children and they kept them up for an extended period of time, and then they deprived them of sleep. They would wake them up really early. And they would ask them, how do you feel? Are you tired? And the children would say, no, I'm not tired. Children are not good judges of whether they are tired. And even if they are tired and they know they're tired, children don't want to go to sleep. I'm sure that doesn't come as a surprise to you. They don't want to sleep. They want to stay up. They want to play. 
The second thing is when children are tired, they don't wind down. Now you might at the end of a long day, sit on a couch and just start like dozing off already. Children aren't like that. They start winding up when they're tired and that can make it very hard to determine the difference, right? Like if, if they're winding up, well, does that mean they're not yet tired or does that mean they're overtired? So we can't just rely on our children to tell us when they're tired. The other thing is you might notice this, like sometimes in the morning, your child wakes up, they sleep like 10 hours, they wake up and they start yawning. They're not tired. We can't just rely on those cues. So no, don't rely on sleepy cues all the time. Now you may wonder, well, how, what if there's an off day? What if there's a day when my child is just, it's, they're out of character and they're really fussy or they're yawning excessively. Of course, you always need to listen to your parent gut and you need to do what you feel is best. If you think your child needs to go to bed early for the day, do it. If you think your child needs an extra nap or you need to shorten their wake windows, do it. On the flip side, there are going to be days when you go out you're at a family gathering or you need to run errands and your child is going to be awake longer than their wake window. It's not the end of the world. It's okay. But generally you want to keep your child within their wake windows just so they're not overtired or undertired and protesting bedtime. Now you may then start thinking, well, do I have to follow wake window? Like when, when do I know when I can stop following wake windows and I can just move to following a schedule? Now you'll probably find it easiest to follow wake windows from the time your child is born until they're taking three naps a day. That's just going to be the easiest. Once they're down to two naps a day, it's probably easier to follow the clock at that point. It's a lot easier to know, okay, my child wakes at seven, their first nap is at 9.30, their second nap is at 12.30, bedtime's at seven. But when they're on three naps a day or four naps a day, it's sometimes unpredictable, especially as your child is learning to take longer naps you might not know, maybe their naps differ from day to day. So as a general rule, if your child is a newborn, up until they're taking two naps a day, they're on, we're, we're following wake windows. Once they get to two naps a day, then we can switch to a clock. Now there are a few general rules that I want you to keep in mind. Generally, you wanna keep the wake windows shorter in the morning and then gradually lengthen as the day goes on. So if they have a wake windows from two and a half to three and a half hours in the morning, we're keeping the wake window shorter. But as the day goes on after their first nap and then after their second nap, we're gradually lengthening those wake windows so that we can build a good amount of sleep pressure for them to fall asleep and stay asleep through the night. The second thing that I really, really, really wanna to stress to you 
is don't become stressed with this. This is supposed to help you. If you're finding yourself overly stressing about their wake windows, constantly watching the clock, keeping track of what time they woke up, when they need to go to bed, then just scale back. Find a pattern and stick to it. I don't know what that's going to look like for your family, but you need to do what works best for you. And if watching their wake windows stresses you out, don't do it. Figure something else out. Find the general times that they go to bed and just stick to the clock. But if you are experiencing struggles with your child's sleep, you need to analyze their wake windows to see what's going on. Wake windows have transformed so many of my family's lives because they didn't realize their children were overtired. They didn't realize their child couldn't handle being up as long as they were because they weren't showing them any signs. And then that was causing so many issues. They weren't taking long naps. They were protesting sleep. Their behavior was not the best. And it all stems from the fact that they were overtired. So staying on top of wake windows is great because it helps you ensure that your child is getting the sleep that they need. And it also helps to make sure your child is getting the awake time that they need. Awake time is so important for children's development. They need to be awake. They need to experience life. But if wake windows are stressing you out, then I recommend you follow wake windows for a week Find the general rhythm of your child's sleep. What time do they normally wake up? What time do they normally go to bed? And just do that. Follow the clock. I hope that learning a little bit about wake windows today has provided you the first step to take when you're analyzing your child's schedule and habits. Find the chart in the show notes. Find your child's age. And then find that range of numbers. It's going to tell you how long your child can handle being awake in any one stretch of time. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram or Facebook where I am providing daily tips to help you with your child's sleep. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And I can't wait to welcome you back next week where we will continue talking about all things baby and toddler sleep. Sweet dreams.